Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. I'm Dennis, here with... Brian. <laughs> and of course, we're going to go right into our question. Go for it, Brian. Yeah, so the question of the day is, what leadership qualities and strategies are essential for guiding and motivating a successful sales team? Okay. Here's one for the sales managers or anyone who's looking to get into sales management out there. I subscribe to a lot of John Maxwell when it comes to leadership. And what I want to talk about is John Maxwell's five levels. And this is something that I would encourage viewers, listeners to go out there and if not by the five levels of leadership from John Maxwell, look into some of his more shorter 30-minute talks on the on it. Mm. So John Maxwell talks about five levels. It starts level one is positional. If you're a leader, you're a leader because you have title. And it's not a strong leadership position to be. Yeah. People are only going to do as much as they need to and not more. Yeah. And that doesn't that's not like inspirational leadership, as some people might call it. Mm -hmm. Level two is after you've built a relationship. So there's your first level. Uh, so there's your first lesson, basically, is start to build relationships. Yeah. And you build relationships by genuinely expressing interest and getting to know your people. So this means walking the halls, basically, not just being there for leadership meetings if you have that type of situation. If you are a remote situation where you don't have people in the same room, then you've got to find other ways of building those relationships. Retreats, off-sites, yeah. things like that are great ways of doing it as well. You have to go a little bit further. And so the third level is essentially where you start to generate results. And you're involved with those generation of results. And it's actually the hardest level for me to understand, to be quite honest. What really matters is when you get to this fourth level. The fourth level is where you're invested in your people. Some of the best sales managers that I've met have said that, first of all, whenever they're recruiting into their organization, they say, I'm looking to hire my future boss. Yeah. Right. Second is that they say that they flip the organizational chart. So as a leader, I work for you, not the other way around. Now, obviously, there's still some yeah, yeah. talking as to, and guiding and whatnot, but it's this idea that you're in the trenches with your people mm. in some way, shape or form. The fifth level is a bit of a reputational level. And basically, it's where people will follow you because you have that reputation. Mm -hmm. And so there is where you're actually producing results just because people are, are surrounded by you, if you will. Yeah. What I like to say is that if you aspire to have this great reputation, you're not going to have it. And in fact, if anything, it's it's too selfish. It's too yeah, self-centered. Yeah, you know, to actively pursue Right. If you hope for it but that's not what motivates you that's probably great i think that you know it's it's nice to be aspirational but really what you want is you want the best for your people yeah and you want to develop your people as much as possible that's part of the core of what we're selling in the sales training and, and executive coaching and everything else is you know that investment in who you are with yeah so that's that's the john maxwell paradigm there's a few more that I want to talk about, but I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, where you might have seen it go right or go wrong. Um, not sure about right or wrong right off the top of my head, but what I do like is the huge focus on the relationship building. And uh, it, it, it connects back to, a, on a global scale, like emotional intelligence, being able to build genuine relationships with people. And it goes back to some of the first podcasts we were talking about, just the basics of sales, like the foundation is genuinely wanting something or just like putting yourself in there in a genuine manner 
And I think that's why pursuing number five is not so good. Yeah. And, you know, it, it has its roots in history of you know, the classic story of, you know, Washington and the founding fathers mm-hmm. and the way that they structure the government or stepping down precedents that were set. It's the concept of I'm here not because I am trying to gain something personally, but I'm here because I want to see everything succeed. And I think that I can do that. Yeah. I think there's a big problem with our politicians. Yeah. There is. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a big one. And I like that idea a lot. And the way I like to think about it is like you said, I work for you, not you work for me. Mm-hmm. And that as a leader, you're in the trenches and you work just as hard, if not harder than anyone else, to build the environment mm-hmm. where your team is succeeding. Mm-hmm. So like your job isn't necessarily every single little thing in the organization, but it is to make sure that you are doing what needs to be done for all of you, for your team to be comfortable mm-hmm. and have a good environment for them. Fantastic. So the second one, there's a few I'm going to pick from. I'm going to talk about Jocko Wellink and the dichotomy of yeah. leadership. And this is very much related to extreme ownership as well. So I'll say, and this isn't Jocko Wellink, this is me saying it, leaders will take blame and give credit. Mm-hmm. So if something goes wrong, a leader will say that this, that's my fault. Yep. I did some. I did something that created a situation that allowed this major failure to happen. Right? But when things are going well, credit has to go to the whole organization. Yeah. So in that, when 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 shit hits the fan, the good leader will say me. When things are going well, the good leader will say us or them. Right. And so dichotomy of leadership and the way Jocko Wellick handles this, so dichotomy of leadership is you have to take a risk and let your people do stuff. Mm. If you don't, you don't have a secession plan in in any way. And I think that's important for any organization is what do you do or what are you doing so that you're reproducing yourself? Yeah. So that's actually a John Maxwell phrase right there. So that the organization exists without you. Yeah. Anyone who's read Jim Collins, Good to Great, understands that one of the things that good leaders should be doing is some form of secession planning so that the people are empowered to run the organization without them. And, and realistically, that's, that's what you really want, especially yeah. if you're entrepreneurial. You want to be able to step away from your business for a couple of weeks and it should not fall to yeah, it shouldn't, as yeah, a result. shouldn't break. And so a big piece of this that Jocko talks about in Dichotomy of Leadership is that there's this huge risk that you take. And you're talking Navy SEALs when you talk about Jocko Willink. Huge risk you take by, by delegating. But that's exactly what you have to do. As a leader, you cannot be all things. You have to hire the right team and put the team in place, especially the team should be picking up for what your weaknesses are. No leader is all-encompassing in terms of strengths. We all have our weakness. If you think about the DISC profile, someone who's high D, high I might need to be partnered with someone who's a bit more high S or high C to balance that out so that the organization has that has all bases basically yeah yeah where there isn't a huge deficit if something's missing exactly exactly and so you've got all the different personality assessments that you can use to to look at that if you don't like disc there's you can look at five factor you can look at clifton strengths i'm not familiar with clifton strengths but you can look at that yeah among others to say okay what are we missing in our organization how do we balance this out how do we develop those those leaders to have Mm -hmm. certain traits that we're missing in this organization 
So, so the big piece that I'm putting out here for this big, this next chunk though, is you have to give them responsibility. You have to give your people responsibility. Yeah. You have to look to see who should be moving up in that organization. I don't think any good leader will look at what they do for for an organization as, as how can I just chew through these people? Yeah. You should be saying, how's this person going to become a leader? How's this person going to become a leader? How's this person going to become a, uh, going to become a leader? Mm-hmm. See their, their potential or help, exactly. help nurture it in that. Well, see their potential, nurture that potential. Yeah. Create the, the environment. So... So in that, to motivate someone, you, you, so think about motivating someone. You've got intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. The leadership could be both intrinsic and extrinsic. Yeah. And be cautious about extrinsic leadership motivation because now you're talking about someone motivated just by the title and they can very, they're going to be a positional leader. Yeah. You know, if you're looking to, to put people in charge of other people in your organization. When it comes to producing Part of it's going to be looking at the intrinsic motivators. So for the example, you know, you pull someone on. Well, one of the questions I'm going to ask is, why did you want to come into this organization? Yeah. Beyond the commission or the paycheck or anything yeah, like yeah. that. And if you recall, one of the recent answers was, well, I want to learn so that I can do this later on. Yeah. And so that's going to, anytime I'm talking Boy, about fine. learning the sales method that we that we do here, I'm going to feedback. Don't forget, this is going to help you yeah. in what you eventually want to do. And that helps you kind of understand the team's motivations and kind of build your roadmap around that as well. Yeah. I think one of the hardest things to do in that position is, like you said, you need to allow for responsibility, mm-hmm. but you also need to watch mistakes happen. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the hardest things to do, I think, at first is, you know, you want to almost helicopter a little bit it's that instinct where as a team leader you're like ah, i want this to go right but that doesn't help anybody helicopter just out of you how do you mean so you want to supervise you want to you want to mentor you want to monitor yeah exactly not in such a way that you're hawking over the yeah exactly where they feel like they're being micromanaged Mm -hmm. you also have to make it safe for failure yeah so if you're the the type of leader that when someone fails you're like no 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 you're bad. Yeah. That's not good, right? And when someone fails, you got to say, okay, mm-hmm. this didn't work out. Yeah. Let's talk about why it didn't work out. There's, uh, I'm going to pull this to fiction. And it's just in my mind because I remember watching it last week. And so this is coming from Star Trek. Yeah. This is coming from the Clone Wars series and the Ahsoka series. And there's really pivotal point in that series where now the titular character, but it wasn't in the Clone Wars, Ahsoka kills half of her squadron. Uh-huh. And Anakin, who will eventually do that, hopefully this isn't a spoiler for anyone, uh, who eventually becomes Darth Vader. Anakin Skywalker. This is Star Trek. Star- oh, Star Wars. Ooh, oh, I'm, my God. I've just annoyed a lot of people <laughs> out there. Uh, Star Wars, excuse me. Anakin comes in and he said, he, he basically helps this this young leader see the mistake. You can't undo the mistake. Yeah. That's the thing. A mistake has happened. You can't undo it. What you mm-hmm. want to do is you want to help the future leader see how they're not going to do it again. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to come upon someone who just makes mistake after mistake after mistake, and if they're not putting the right input into it, you guys eventually yeah, you know. say, okay, you're not cut out for leadership. Yeah. Uh, but And that's, that's going to be a problem with some salespeople. 
if we're talking about motivating to lead mm-hmm. is that some people just want to be sales. Yeah. And that's fine. They, they settle into their rhythm and they like what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that also. Yeah, dead air. I have nothing else to say. Okay. So um, I'm leaving that in. Yeah. But the next thing is leaders eat last. Uh-huh. If you want to inspire your team, you have to make it not about you. And I, I, I've hinted upon that. But then this is Simon Sinek that talks about leaders at last. It's a matter of if you're asking your team to sacrifice, are you sacrificing? Yeah. It's the in the trenches thing. If you're asking your team to take a pay cut, are you taking a pay cut too or are you taking a bonus? Yeah. So I think it's important to recognize what things will communicate that you are about your people. And then, again, going back to the Maxwell paradigm, they'll want to work for you to produce those results more so than just for the money. Yeah. People will work for people who they respect and who they want to work for. Absolutely. And if you're doing underhanded nonsense, then nobody wants to follow that. If you put yourself out as you are and as you are is a decent person, you're more likely to uh, to catch the flies with that honey, I would say. Definitely. And, uh, you know, and it you'll go back to the whole build a relationship. You'll have to be their best friend. Yeah. In fact, you want to make sometimes you want to put at least a little bit of a distance there yeah uh, to 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 just maintain what you need to maintain yeah but at the same time are you being vulnerable are you talking about your mistakes yeah are you taking those risks all of those things are are critical especially with a with a sales team a lot of what happens with a sales team is that external motivators is the external motivation and it's really only the internal motivation that's going to get you to get more because there are some salespeople that could probably sell to quota in 20 hours a week in certain organizations. Yeah. The rest of the sales force needs that 40 hours a week. Yeah. How do you get that person to, to continue to produce or give back to mentoring and and other things? Yeah. Yeah. Utilize their time. There you have it. Uh, basically, yeah, when I think leadership, I always think more than just how do you motivate your team to produce results on the sales floor. I think about how you can create a culture of growth based on that culture of coaching like we use here at Kanaz, uh, so on and so forth. Final thoughts? Um, really, the only thing is genuinely considering the purpose of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you're you're following... Or if you're setting up a team structure, your job is to create an environment and to consider your team as people and follow the emotional intelligence of that. Yep. Some environments will kill plants. Others will allow them to grow. It's the same thing as the other team. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for joining us this week. We will see you next time.